Welcome to Season 2 of Empowering Others Through God's Word Podcasts. I'm excited to present this series of six podcasts on emotional freedom. Most of us at some point in our lives either have suffered from emotional health, poor mental health, or know someone who does. So we want to offer you a great resource over the next few weeks. Dr. Grant Mullen is a mental health physician and author who lectures internationally on the keys to mental, spiritual, emotional health, and great relationships. Dr. Mullen teaches how medical treatment can be successfully combined with emotional and spiritual healing to break the chains of emotional bondage. What great information, either for ourselves or for someone we know. We want to offer this to you in this season. Now, Dr. Grant is going to be joined on some of these podcasts with his wife, Kathy. And the first session is going to be their perfectly dysfunctional marriage. And such honesty they share with us with some helpful tips to help all of us to have better marriage relationships. Dr. Grant will also go on to teach emotional freedom, moods, shame, and then Kathy will be sharing uh, on forgiveness and reconciliation. I recorded these sessions with Dr. Grant and, and Kathy a few years ago. However, this teaching is timeless, and I want to bring it to you again this year, 2022. I believe that it will be helpful, it will be encouraging, it will be hopeful as well. So now, let's tune in to today's podcast. Welcome to Words to Inspire, Kathy. Thank you. Good to be back. Well, it is good to have you back. And uh, you and your husband, Dr. Grant Mullen, have given us so much food for thought from your resources on being emotionally free. And uh, last time that you were on Words to Inspire, we started our conversation on forgiveness. But we really felt after the show that uh, we hadn't quite completed some really important facts on that topic. And so we're going to start back there today and uh, answer a few more questions. And uh, it was a wonderful segment that you did, uh, Kathy, giving us some wonderful examples of people who actually had some physical miracles because of their forgiveness. Inspirational, isn't it? Totally, yeah. It, you know... God can do amazing things when we when we remove the grounds for the enemy to work against them. Uh, it's simple obedience, and as I said before, not meaning that it's easy, but it is obedience to what he calls us to. And uh, what is it he calls us to in this area? Well, he calls you to forgive regardless of the um, incident or hurt that has happened in, uh, in you. Like Jesus says, you know, if, if you don't forgive others their sin against you, your Father in heaven won't forgive you your sin. That's very sobering. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. And so many today are broken, they're crushed, and, and they've been robbed of their joy. And uh, we want to offer to them hope through Christ, through God's Word. And uh, in this area of forgiveness, we, we really did cover quite a bit about the importance of it and the steps. But one area that we didn't was how do you know if you have truly forgiven someone that has harmed you? Yeah, that, that's a really big issue because, you know, some people think, oh, yeah, I've forgiven them, and then, and then this 
memory comes back and then they get really upset about it all over again and so they wonder well did I really forgive or didn't I and um, and there are some key things that you can keep in mind when you're wondering if you've really forgiven them and and one of them is if you if you can remember a particularly hurtful event and if it, that still triggers a very strong emotional or physical reaction like your gut um, clenches and, and and you get really upset emotionally, if you're still reacting in either a physical or emotional way to a memory, then perhaps you haven't quite got to the root issues of forgiveness with regards to that memory. Because um, forgiveness doesn't mean that you're going to forget the incident, but it means the incident will no longer cause you pain. It will no longer control you. It will take the hurt and the pain out of the memory, and you'll be able to remember without with all that side um, reaction. And that is a really key a key point in knowing if you've forgiven. Another way you can tell if you've forgiven is if your desire to keep score is completely gone. Remember Jesus said, you know, you need to forgive seven times <laughs> seven? Well, that's an awful lot. And the whole reason behind that is he's saying you're going to lose track. <laughs> yeah, very good point. If you were standing there with a scorecard every time someone offends you, then you haven't forgiven because you're keeping track of how many times they've done that. And the whole point is to forgive and let it go. You know, Corinthians says love keeps no record of wrong. And... Um, and that is a really key point. Mm-hmm. Another mm-hmm. way you can tell is if you've completely forgiven is um, you don't blame God. Like you can really um, have a grasp of Romans 8 and 28 where it says, we know that all things in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And so you'll recognize that um, we live in a fallen world, we interact with sinful people, and sin happens. Sin, we sin, sin happens against us. And you'll recognize that that God's character is not um, the blame ah. situation. And, and you'll recognize that he is always good, he is always loving, he, he, he desires the best for us at all times, and, and we won't blame him for the things that happen in our lives. If you're holding blame against them, then you're probably still dealing with some unforgiveness. Oh, those are great, uh, three great points. I'd like to go back to the first one, which uh, you you said that you no longer react to the memory with physical or emotional reaction, like a pain in the stomach or whatever, Never, no longer causes you pain. But I, I really like what you said, that you remember, but you don't have this... Uh, this reaction. Because often, Kathy, we are told forgive and forget. Yeah, well, forgiveness doesn't mean forgetting. Well, that's that's uh, really contrary to often what is is given to us. And you've made it so much easier to put uh, to put a frame of reference, because memories are there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, and, and and your goal is for the memory to be there, but without the control that it's had over you, mm-hmm. where where it stirs you up all over again and, and gets you all upset all over again. So it doesn't control you. I love that. So right. it no longer controls you. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. That's great clarification on, on uh, forgiving and forgetting. 
Uh, and then the second one was your desire to keep score. That is that is really great because I think all of us have had a little scorecard out uh, in in some of our relationships when people can't remember all the things that they do or don't do. <laughs> and it's almost uh, like uh, walking along the golf course with your scorecard. <laughs> we may not have a physical one, but boy, we sure have one up in our minds. Mm-hmm. Yep, and you know, a, 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 another side or segue to that particular one is if, um, say you've been hurt by a particular individual and you've gone through a process of forgiving them, and then someone else comes up to you and they say, do you know what that so-and-so did to me, and they start ranting about the way they've been hurt by the person who had also hurt you and you've attempted to forgive. Ah. If you are able to keep your mouth shut (laughs) and fuel to the other person's fire, then you'll know you've forgiven. But if you stand there and you say, oh, you know what they did to me, and this is my story, and you're just stirring up your own hurt and pain all over again. And so the whole key is to not be a gossip about what's happened to you. Wow. And to and to help the other person reach that point of not um, blasting uh, um, about the person who hurt them, but reaching that point of forgiving and blessing. So wow. So that is really cr- um, associated with not keeping a scorecard because um, you're not... Um, keeping track of who else has been hurt by that person and how they've been affected and all of that garbage that goes along with it. Uh, that's uh, that's kind of in line with uh, a quote. It's in a similar uh, or in a different kind of way that uh, Chuck Swindoll says, um, you know that you are a mature Christian when you can say no and not give an explanation. Mm. And although it's a different kind of scenario, it there are times that we just want to to either pursue a cause or defend ourselves or defend our action, and uh, and and keeping our mouth shut is probably the, the most difficult thing to do in that uh, in that situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, gossip about what someone has done to you is a form of punishment because you're doing it to ruin their reputation. And, and as long as you are wanting to ruin someone's reputation or, or besmirch them in the eyes of other people, then you haven't forgiven. So that's another way that you know that you have not totally forgiven. Great, uh, great insights. And the, the third one that you started off with was you no longer blame God. So you see God as a sovereign God uh, and, and us living in a sinful world. Right. Wow, that's that is really great. So as we get to know God, one of the topics I love teaching on and looking into earth is the nature and characteristics of God. And boy, when you get to know him and you see his love for us and all that he has done to draw us to himself, there's not a lot of time to blame him for what's going on. No, no. But, you know, some people still feel they need to blame God. Like, you know, I've, I've been leading people in forgiveness. Uh, for quite some time, and I said, but the person I have to forgive is God, because that's who it is in my mind that caught, allowed this to happen. If he could have stopped it, uh, it didn't need to happen. Right. Yes. No, and, and, and I say, well, okay, we have to understand that God is incapable of wrong. <laughs> yes. And, and so what you need to do is, first off, repent for blaming God, because oh. you've misunderstood or you haven't grasped his sovereignty and his goodness and his character, but then you still need to actually go through the process of forgiving him because the enemy has lodged that in your heart. 
And and so even though we understand that God is capable of no wrong, we still have to go through the process of re- repenting for our reaction and then and forgiving him so that the hook is removed from us. Hmm. So not not only do we misunderstand other people's intentions when bad things happen to us, but we also misunderstand God hmm. in all of that. Yes. That's great insight. Uh, great insight, Kathy. How God does not waste anything in our lives. No, no. He takes, he takes whatever happens and turns it for good if you let him. If we let him, and that's the key. And uh, now we're going to kind of turn direction a little bit and talk about reconciliation and uh, that part of the forgiveness picture. Yeah, um, so many people put up a roadblock to, to forgiving others because they say, there's just no way I can be back in relationship with that person. They've hurt me too much. I just can't trust them. And and so what I um, bring to their awareness that forgiveness does not mean reconciliation. Forgiveness is something you do to set yourself free. But it's not an automatic um, green light to say you have to be back um, having coffee or, or dinner with people and, and constantly being in, in touch with them. Because if um, those people constantly bother you or reoffend or hurt you all over again, then it's a dangerous situation. And so, so what you, you need to realize is, first off, if you are truly forgiving someone, um, you are doing that to, with the goal. Like goal, The goal of reconciliation is always a good thing, but um, you do it with the awareness that, yes, you forgive and, and, and um, establish the spiritual principle of freedom for yourself, but then there's still the, the journey that you have to walk through where if you're going to be fully reconciled, that trust gets rebuilt. And, and so you evaluate what the person did in the first place and what you did in the, in the in response and, and does the other person want to be back in relationship? Is it going to be dangerous to be back in relationship? And if, it's, if, you, if all of those are a green light, then you, you begin a sort of a walk of reevaluating your relationship over time. Um, Grant and I, in our marriage relationship, we were led by our counselor to a very formal forgiveness ceremony where we repented and forgave each other for various things that had gone on in our marriage. But it wasn't until about six to eight months later that you'd say we were fully back at the point where we could trust each other to not hurt. Hmm to not go back to that behavior again. And you see, so often Christians think, I have to forgive, we have to resolve this and get back to the way it was. Well, first off, you don't want it to be back to the way it was because that's what hurt you in the first place. Right. And secondly, um, it doesn't happen that way. Like, you'll never be back to the way it was because you have a new way of looking at each other. You've been hurt. You can't trust them. They have to re-earn that trust. And so reconciliation is is a, a slow process that happens over, a, over, it can be a long period of time, depending on how close you want that relationship to be. So you can't rush this process. No. It's an unfolding. Right, right. But as much as reconciliation is the optimum goal, um, the Bible says you have to love your enemies, not go out for coffee with them. <laughs> yes. so you can love someone and yet establish boundaries so they can't continually re-hurt you. 
and that may mean that you don't have coffee with them or you say, no, I'm sorry, we're just not going to be able to interact like that anymore. <laughs> and that's okay. And that's okay. That's okay, right. You know, and, and I personally have had some experiences where I've been very hurt by by some very good Christians and, and, and good friends, and most of us have. And I look at back after I've processed it and gone past the pain and all of that stuff and and really see that God's hand was on that and that he had a new direction for me. Mm-hmm. And in a, and without that that um, traumatic crisis, I might call it, I might have stayed on a path that would have then taken me down uh, into a place where I would have got into a rut. And this really helped me to see where I was going wrong in the relationship. And and as you say, hopefully not the same person emerges, but a new person able to go into healthier relationships and understand a little bit more about why we would want to be reconciled in the first place. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you really need to reevaluate the whole relationship, whether or not it's a viable one again. Or, or if it's just going to be an acquaintance situation as opposed to a full-fledged friendship. Huh. Now, we're talking about uh, friendships, but you have had experience in your marriage, and that's one one that you want to stay together. You didn't want to uh, get out of this marriage. Right. So, so, so it would be approaching it from a bit of a different perspective. Am I correct? Right. Like, the, like I said, the goal was reconciliation, yes. but the counselor was very careful with us to say, no, you're not going back to the way it was. Like, uh-huh. we've been at, trying to change your behavior and how you're related for all these years. And, and so that takes time to fully establish that you're not slipping back into a dysfunctional behavior patterns. Can you just share a little bit about your personal crisis that brought you uh, to this point? <laughs> I know we don't have a lot of time, but I, I think it was really good for Cold's us note to... Note version. <laughs> the, the, the Cole's Note version. Uh, um, uh, I fell apart. Went uh, The two of us went to a counselor, and the counselor called us codependent, not in the sense that we were doing drugs and alcohol and enabling that kind of thing, but we were so dependent on each other to know that we were worthwhile individuals, that we were loved and worth loving. So you literally fell apart. As I recall, you almost went into a frozen state. Yeah, I, my my emotions just shut down. I was going through the motion in everything that I was doing. I, I did it because I had to. Otherwise, I would have liked to have just curled up with a with a book and disappeared into a fantasy realm and not had to interact with the rest of my world. And and the challenge at that point, Kathy, is that both of you, husband and wife, were a beautiful Christian family and, and active in a local congregation. Yes. How did that feel and how did what did that look like? Uh, well, most of the people on the outside weren't aware of the amount of pain we were going through on the inside. And and we, we kept up our roles fairly well, um, but... It, it was difficult. It was uh, walking around the house was difficult because we just felt rejected all the time by each other. But we knew we our marriage was was correct. We didn't want to see the end of that, so we were determined to work on it together and and work through it. So we we spent a lot of time with the counselor individually, though working on our own stuff. Okay, so you're working on your own baggage, each of you, and then coming together eventually to, to work on the reconciliation and the rebuilding of trust. Right, 
Right. Wow. Well, anybody that's been in a marriage knows that it's not that's not easy, and that it takes a lot of work. If you if you make it in a marriage, it's not because you've just sailed along. Right. Right. And we had to really work at changing how we had been relating up to that point in our marriage so that we would relate in a more healthy way that would help us long-term. And w- when you say how you were relating, could you give a little picture to that? What, what do you mean? Um, well, basically, I, I needed constant affirmation from Grant that, that I was okay as a person, um, that, that he really, it, like it was more than just, you, you make great meals, honey, and I love you, honey. It yes. Was, it was... <laughs> You are a worthwhile person, and, and you deserve to live on this earth. <laughs> yes. And not because of him, but because of you. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. So this codependency in the marriage, is it's really like I can't live without you, uh, and I need you in my life. And how, how did you come to, to um, reconcile that indivi- for, for you, Kathy? I know that the counselor took you through the journey, but how did you come to that place of, of understanding? Well, one of the key points in my inner healing journey was, was recognizing that I needed to get my will healed. I read a book called Setting Love in Order by Mario Bergner, and the most of the book was not about this, It was, but he was giving his personal story, and there was something he said about how passive he was in his life that really... Um, caught my attention. I thought, I'm really passive. I'm just letting life happen. And he recorded in the book a prayer that he said to ask God to heal his personal will. And I thought, yeah, that's me. And so I prayed it. And as I read the book, you know, nothing really um, official. And, And then about a month later, I realized my spirit had come alive because I had asked God to heal my will and strengthen it. Oh, interesting. And so your personality of uh, passivity was kind of coming out of that. Right. Interesting. Interesting. And as we know, and our listeners can go back to to, uh, the first segment of the show, number one segment of uh, the Emotionally Free uh, series that we have done, and hear your your story of you and Grant sharing your uh, your journey together. And you have been very open and honest about that. And I thank you so much because uh, it's it's one thing to go through it, but then it's another thing to write about it, to go on national TV and and radio and uh, and to share it with the whole world. Yeah, yeah, that's a little bit out there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but again, uh, God doesn't waste anything. And uh, uh, a counselor once told me, and you can tell we both need, need have needed counselors in our lives. She once told me when I was talking to her about my past, she said, capture the pain uh, for a time uh, because God may very well want to use that pain in future ministry. And uh, I'm thinking about you and and Dr. Grant in this picture, and certainly he has, God has done that for you. Yes, yeah, he's redeemed a lot of the years the locusts ate. Yes, and uh, but but again, it's he he may have redeemed it, but not everybody is willing for everybody to see so closely inside the marriage of uh, a very well known and well respected couple. But you have given us a lot of permission to be take the masks off, and uh, I thank you so much. And I love our topic, forgiveness and reconciliation. And Kathy, you have given us some wonderful 
keys here, how to know if you've truly forgiven, outlined them so well. You can uh, email me, my listeners, ruth at wordstoinspire.ca. Visit my website, wordstoinspire.ca, and you can access the shows there and learn more about Words to Inspire. And again, uh, Kathy, it has been wonderful to partner with you and and your husband, Dr. Grant Mullen. You have uh, shared of your experiences and you have helped us understand uh, the steps to emotional freedom, and there's so much more. Would you just give our listeners one last thought as we close off today's show? Uh, yeah. Um, forgive as you go. Don't let them pile up. Ah, <laughs> it's too hard to deal with a whole pile, eh? Oh, that's wonderful, wonderful counsel to us. And again, uh, Kathy Mullen, thank you so much for your willingness to share on Words to Inspire. You've been a great inspiration to us. Thanks for having me. And I love the emphasis that you put on God and his word. In the book of John 6, verse 63, Jesus said, The words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. I'm so glad you tuned in to today's podcast. And I'd love to hear from you. What did you learn? Or how did Dr. Grant and Kathy's teaching today impact your life? What have you learned? Email me, ruth at wordstoinspire.ca. I'd love to hear from you. Why not share with a friend? Go to my website, wordstoinspire.ca, and direct them to the podcast page. There, they can... Uh, subscribe to the podcast, Empowering Others Through God's Word, as we are in our second season, Empowering Others Through God's Word. And this series on emotional freedom is good for every one of us. So tune in again, be watching for the next podcast release. And until then, I'm Ruth Coghill with Empowering Others Through God's Word. Bye for now.